Today I'm doing something terrible. I'm not preaching out of Matthew. <laughs> but Luke, we, what we're doing today is we're starting to point towards Easter. And yeah, Easter Advent. And in doing so, I'm going to tell the story of blind Bartimaeus and of Zacchaeus. And you say, well, those aren't Easter stories. And that's exactly the point. <laughs> because when these stories happen, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem to be arrested and crucified, and he knows it. And he's not allowing that to deter him or influence him. He is so determined. Focus. Focus is the key to getting things done. I don't know about you, but sometimes things hit me rapid fire from different directions. And so I'll be working on this one thing, you know, the one thing. And then so this will come up and, okay, let me go do that. And then while I'm doing that, something else comes in. And, and eventually, some point, I go, what was I doing? <laughs> you know? And I go, oh, yeah, I have to get that done. And I go back to the first thing. But what happens is I lose my focus. I lose my ability. To, and that's one of the reasons why I make lists. Because if I want to actually be able to say I accomplished something, I have to be able to cross things off my list. And, and my list reminds me of the things that I, I need to get done. Sometimes they're, they're urgent. Sometimes, most of the time they're not. They're just, you know, business keeping things. The urgent things, you don't need a list. They, they, they come and they, they stick their way in the way. But, but, uh, uh, focus is the ability to set some things aside or one thing aside for the sake of the need at hand. In today's passage, Jesus is a week away from the cross. I mean, he's, he's less than a week away from the cross. This is, this is the day before, if, if I understand it right, it's the day before Palm Sunday. The day before he rides in on the Sunday prior to Easter, which means he's going to be crucified in less time, right? Uh, and and uh, he's that close to it, and he knows he is that close to it. But there are things to do before he gets there. And he has these two men that have needs. And he is going to meet those needs, and he is not going to rush it. He's not going to, to uh, do it as if it's uh, a, a, something he has to get out of the way. He's going to focus and pay his attention to these two guys in spite of the fact that, that he is so close to the cross. And, and it's a message that it wasn't just his love for all of us, but it was his love for each and every one of us that moved him to do what he did. So I'm going to start in Luke chapter 18, uh, verses 31 through 34. This is just before the story of blind Bartimaeus. Um, verse 31, Now he took the twelve aside and told them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all the things that have been written through the prophets about the Son of Man will be accomplished. For he will be handed over to the Gentiles and will be ridiculed and abused and spit upon. And after they have flogged him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. The disciples understood none of these things. And the meaning of this statement was hidden from them, for they did not comprehend the things that were said. So timing. First thing, timing, one week before the crucifixion. The stories of both blind Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus take place in Jericho as Jesus is passing through. He's going through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. And, and, uh, and, and by that, I mean, time of day, it's like when you start placing things together, I mean, he could have gone from Jer Jericho up to Jerusalem that same day. But it's really, really unlikely because he told Zacchaeus, I'm going to stay at your house today. It's an eight-hour walk. 
up uh, a rise of 3,400 feet <laughs> uh, to, to get to Jer- Jerusalem from Jericho, right? It's a significant trip uh, that he's going to be making. Probably he stayed the ne- that day with Zacchaeus, maybe that night with Zacchaeus, and then went up. So, so the next event we, but the next event we find after Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus is Palm Sunday. Uh, it, it's just sequential. These things are happening. And so the timing is something we want to hang on to. Jesus says, uh, today I will stay at your house. Palm Sunday is probably the next day. Jesus and his disciples will get up in the morning, make the eight-hour climb, and arrive at Jerusalem. And, and, and when they get close, Jesus says, hey, I'm tired. Would you get a donkey for me to ride? <laughs> Something to that effect. And we have Palm Sunday where he rides in. But the first point I want to make, and I've already said it, but I want to just emphasize it, there is less than a week until Jesus is betrayed, arrested, and crucified. And if this was me, I suspect if this was you, that would be front and center on your mind. Right? That would be, that would be first in your thinking. It would not be something you could escape from. It's not something you should say, well, I'm just going to relax and watch a movie. And, and, and it's like, my mind isn't on that movie. I can't focus on that movie. All I can see is, is these terrible things that are about to happen. Right? Uh, and they're there. So, so it's less than a week. That's the first thing is the timing. And the second is the knowledge. Jesus knows exactly what is about to happen. He says, all things that have been written through the prophets about the Son of Man will be accomplished. Let me read just a few of those things for you. Psalm 22. Uh, yeah, we did look at If you were in Sunday school, we looked at this a little bit. Psalm 22 is, is this prophetic psalm that speaks about the crucifixion of Christ. Psalm 22, verses 1 and 2. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Far from my help are the words of my groaning. My God, I cry out day by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I have no rest. Same Psalm, verses 7 and 8. All who see me deride me. They sneer, they shake their heads, saying, turn him over to the Lord. Let him save him, for let him rescue him, because he delights in him. And if you remember when Jesus is being crucified, they mock him and say, He's, he, he saved others, let him save himself. Look, is he calling for Elijah? Let's see if Elijah comes and helps him. And they mock him. They deride him. They sneer. They say, turn him over to the Lord. Let him save him. Same Psalm, verses 14 through 18. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted within me. My strength is dried up like a piece of pottery, and my tongue clings to my jaws. And you lay me in the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. A band of evildoers has encompassed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look, they stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and they cast lots for my clothing. And Jesus is remembering all the things uh, that were written about him. He says, he says he will be handed over to the Gentiles. Or for, he says, for all the things writ- that have been written through the prophets about the Son of Man will be accomplished. And Jesus knows what all those things are. And he knows they're right there. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 3 through 8. He was despised and abandoned by men, a man of great pain and familiar with sickness and like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we had no regard for him. 
However, it was our sicknesses that he himself bore and our pains that he carried. Yet we ourselves assumed that he had been afflicted, struck down by God and humiliated. For he was pierced for our trans, for our offenses. He was crushed for our wrongdoings. The punishment for our well-being was laid on him. By his wounds we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the wrongdoing of us all to fall on him. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before its shearers, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off from the land of the living for the wrongdoing of my people to whom the blow was due? And this is four days away. And he knows it. And he's the one. The fulfillment of this is him. This was written about him, and all things that were written about him in the prophets must be accomplished. There's so much more. There's so many more. Luke 18, 32 and 33. For he will be handed over to the Gentiles and will be ridiculed and abused and spit upon, and after they have flogged him, they will kill him. He's not... He's not unaware of what he's going. He's not risking his life. He's giving his life. Uh, he's, he's not taking a chance that these things might happen. He knows that these things will happen. And his friends are no help at all. The disciples understood none of these things. <laughs> he, say, he keeps saying these things. What do they mean? Right? What? What? Because it... it yeah, and granted, I, I don't want to presume... I am not so foolish as to say, had I been there, I would have been better, <laughs> right? Uh, because Jesus, the things he said were hard to understand. And when you see them, you go, oh, that's it. But before you see them, uh, I, I can just imagine these guys sitting around and saying, you know, I hear what it sounds like what he's saying, but I'm sure it doesn't mean what he sounds like he's saying. It must mean something else. And so they're no help to him at all. They could have been a help. They could have been a comfort. Instead, they're walking around going, I don't get it. And you know, if you're like me, what you don't get, you don't worry about. Whatever is going to happen, I'm not, it's not my problem. I don't care. They were no help at all. And so this is the overwhelming, looming distraction that should have made it impossible for Jesus to function. And then we get to the story of blind Bartimaeus, right? Verses 35 through 43. Now, as Jesus was approaching Jericho... A man who was blind was sitting by the road begging. Now, he's not even named in this, this gospel. Uh, this story is found uh, repeatedly, and, and so it helps a little bit to look at the gospel of Mark. The gospel of Mark says that... Uh, <laughs> Bartimaeus was not merely blind. Bartimaeus is a hopeless case. He is a lost cause. He is someone people have given up on. Why do I say that? Mark chapter 10, verse 46 says this, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. You go, okay, what does that have to do with anything? Bartimaeus means son of Timaeus. It's like Johnson means son of John. My brother John had a son, John. My brother John called little Johnny Johnson. <laughs> right? His name wasn't Johnson, but he called him Johnson because he was John's son, and he thought it was a fun play on words. But it's not fun when we look at Bartimaeus. He's a grown man, and other people call him Bartimaeus or Tim Timaeus' son. 
His nickname was Bartimaeus, makes it one word, but it, he was Bartimaeus, he was the son of Timaeus, and they called him Bart, the son of Timaeus, because what is he? He is nobody. He is nobody. He's just somebody's son. Nobody knows. They probably didn't know his real name. He was a hopeless case. He is a nobody, and, and he's not known. Now, as Jesus was approaching Jericho, a man who was blind was sitting by the road begging. Another way to put this, he was begging in the gutter. Right? Sitting by the side of the road, begging. But when he heard a crowd going by, he began inquiring what this was. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he called out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way were sternly telling him to be quiet. But he kept crying out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded that he be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, I want to regain my sight. Duh. Okay, uh, that doesn't in there, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and Jesus said to him, regain your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight and began following him, glorifying God. And when all the people saw it, they gave praise to him. So he's a blind, mate, blind beggar sitting in the gutter. He can tell he's, he's, he's just outside of, of, of uh, Jericho. You know, it's a lot like today. Right? Where do you see people begging in Spokane? At the places where people are coming into Spokane. Right? Into or leaving. That's where they are. They want to catch people on their way in or on their way out. I don't know why. It's just the way it is. It's the way it was. Zacchaeus is at the city gate. He's outside the city. As Jesus is approaching, there he is on the side of the road begging. Uh, that's what he's doing. And, and he, he hears this noise. There's a whole bunch of people coming. And a bu bunch of people make a bunch of noise, whether they're talking loud or not. You know, there's, there's the cacophony of, of a lot of people talking. Sometime, when handshaking time is going on here, just come over up here and listen. <laughs> you know, either they're having a good time or there's a bunch of geese. Because <laughs> you know, they sound very similar. <laughs> And, and, and that's what's going on. And Bartimaeus hears all this, and it's not normal, right? It's normal to have sounds. It's normal to have people coming in. He says, hey, what's making that sound? And someone says, Jesus is coming by. He ignores the person he's talking to. He starts calling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He, start, he, just immediately, he starts calling out immediately. This is Jesus. He's heard about Jesus. He knows Jesus does miracles. He wants Jesus to help him. And, and, and he doesn't just call out, but he calls out Jesus, son of David. Now, that is tremendous because that is an identification of his faith in who Jesus is. Because by calling him son of David, he's calling him the Messiah, the Christ, God's anointed one, the one who is coming, who is the Redeemer for Israel. I'm sure he doesn't understand tons of what he will understand in just a few days. Well, after he hears that Jesus was crucified and risen, he will understand things a lot better then. But he knows enough to say, Jesus, he doesn't just say, simply say, Jesus, heal me, which is what most people said. But he's a day ahead of Palm Sunday when Jesus enters into Jerusalem, gentle riding on a donkey. People are going to cry out, Hosanna to the son of David, right? They're going to call that out, and he's ahead of the game because he says, Jesus, son of David, come heal me. And it is powerful that he does this beforehand. And the people in response tell him, would you shut up? Right? I love that. I love that. It says they told him sternly. 
Right? Verse 39, those who led the way were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more. <laughs> so, so depending on how you read the Bible, either it was like this, Bartimaeus, I tell you sternly, stop yelling. Right? That's how you read the Bible. You have my sympathy. <laughs> okay, Because you, you're reading a sterile Bible. Redneck version. They said, will you shut up? <laughs> right? Because he's annoying them. Right? He's annoying everybody. When, when you make it, he, he wants to be heard above the crowd. So he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they say, would you be quiet? And he calls out all the more, Jesus! <laughs> Not taking his name in vain. I'm just <laughs> Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus is over there going, I hear somebody above the crowd, <laughs> right? And Jesus stops and he says, Bring him here. Right? And, and so they bring him here. They say, Hey, the master's calling to you. The same people, the same people were saying, Would you shut up? Right? And I, I think that's a, a reasonable translation. It's you know Steve's version, but it's a reasonable translation of what they're doing, whether it's word for word what they're saying or not, is, is, is the same people who are telling him, shut up, or saying, oh, he wants you, come on. And I can just see a total change in their attitude because they're there for the show. See, Bartimaeus is calling him son of David. They're not calling him son of David. They're talking about him. Bartimaeus is talking to him. right? Bartimaeus says, I need you. They're saying, I want to watch you. And when Jesus calls Bartimaeus, they say, oh, good, we get to see the Jesus show. Jesus is going to do something cool. This will be fun. That's what they're saying. Uh, and so they go from, from telling him to shut up to, to saying excitedly, he's calling for you. And for them, there's no conflict with the change in what they're saying because what they're getting is still, they, this is what they're after. They're not after what he's after. He's after something serious. And then Jesus finally goes there and, and he stops. He says, bring him here. Now, this is, I, again, I, I get into these things, I think about them, and, and, and maybe you do too, and maybe you think about the same things, maybe you think about different things, there's tons in here, and we see lots of things in here, but the first thought I have is, why didn't Jesus go to him? Instead of saying, bring him here, he says, uh, why didn't he go to him? Doesn't it seem more caring for Jesus to go to him than to say, bring him here? I mean, uh, uh, at top, that's what it, it seems like. But, but here's the thing is, is, where was Zacchaeus? He was in the gutter. First, they had to bring him out of the gutter. That's, that's, that's powerful. Instead of, and Jesus would have gone, I'm not sure Jesus would have gone, him into the, gone to see him in the gutter, but instead he brought him out of the gutter. And that's a big thing. So he brought him out of the gutter, and he came to Jesus, and then, and then Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And, and again, it's like, there's not a person there who didn't know what Bartimaeus wanted. There wasn't anyone who said, you know, I think he's going to ask for money. <laughs> right? Nobody thought that. Didn't cross anybody's mind. Nobody's mind went there. There was absolutely 100% agreement. He's there to, to ask for sight. Why does Jesus, who, who knows everything, not say, well, your faith is healed. You go have your sight. Instead, he says, what do you want me to do for you? And I think, I, again, I think this is a big thing. I think this isn't a small thing. I think Jesus is doing him the courtesy of treating him like a person. He's doing him the courtesy of treating him like he matters. Because Jesus could have said, okay, I see you want to be healed. Zap, you're healed. He could have walked on. And Bartimaeus would have been just as healed. He would have seen just as well. But instead, Jesus takes the time and speaks with him personally. 
And I'm going, man, I'm in a hurry. I have a lot going on. Uh, Something we find about Jesus is Jesus always had time to speak to people. I try to do that, and I'm bad at it. I wanted to shake your head. <laughs> Especially, how many of you talk to me on the phone? I know I am terrible on the phone, right? I know I am. I hate the phone. I don't, you know, if, if I had lived 200 years ago when the phone had not been invented, and I met, well, I, however many years ago, if I met Alexander Graham Bell before he invented the phone, I would have beat him up and stopped him. You know, I was, it's just like, no, don't make that thing. Because, and what can I say? I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> but... Yeah, you're right. This is, this is a cat picture video machine. <laughs> and, I, and please don't ever send me a picture of a cat. It's just <laughs> okay. Anyway, Jesus is treating Bartimaeus as if he matters for probably the first time in a long time that anyone has treated Bartimaeus as a human being that matters. Uh, that's what Jesus is doing. And here's the thing, is you could take this story out of Luke 18, and you could put it in Luke chapter 5, or you could put it in Luke chapter 8, or you could put it in Luke chapter 10. It would, this story would fit anywhere in the story. It doesn't need to be here. It's a good st- story. It's a good standalone story. There's a lot in this story, but it's not somewhere else. It's right where it is. And that, again, is a huge thing because Jesus has not changed what he does or how he does it one iota in spite of the pressure on him. In spite of knowing what he is about to face, he hasn't changed a thing. And then we go to the story of Zacchaeus, which, by the way, works the same way. Okay, 19, verses 1 through 10, we have a little man in a big crowd. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a rich tax collector, and he was rich, or he was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was, and he was unable due to the crowd because he was short in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree in order to see him because he was about to pass through that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. When the people saw this, they all began to complain, saying, He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. But Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I am giving to the poor, and if I have extorted anything from anyone, I am giving back four times as much. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is the son of Abraham. And the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So he's a little man. He's a little man who is despised. He's a little man who is unpopular. He is a man who works for the government, (laughs) taking taxes. Except the government isn't even their own government. We don't don't like, I I don't want to make a blanket statement. And I know we're all patriots who are glad to support our country. But we don't like paying taxes (laughs) to the government that we still think, in spite of its problems, is one of the best governments on the planet. Right? Zacchaeus was a tax collector for an evil, oppressive government from beyond the sea. Right? He's working for them. They don't like him. 
right? But Jesus is like, or Jesus, Zacchaeus is like everyone else. He wants to see the Jesus show, right? He missed that whole Bartimaeus thing. He wasn't with the crowd outside the gate. He's inside sitting at his tax booth or something, but he hears the crowd. He needs to see something's going on. But Zacchaeus has a problem because he's small enough that he can't see, and he's unpopular enough that the crowd won't let him through. So Zacchaeus, he, 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 he looks ahead. He goes, okay, he's going that way, that tree. Now, I, I did something ingenious this week. I'm going to pat myself on the back. I'm such a genius. I got on Google and looked up sycamore tree. Because <laughs> I don't know what a sycamore tree looks like. I didn't, but now I do. Right? A sycamore tree is the world's best climbing tree. Right? It's, it, it's, it's, it's got big, fat branches that stick out. I, I, I showed a couple pictures. If you were in my Sunday school class, if you weren't in my Sunday school class, you missed out because you didn't get to see my two pictures of a sycamore tree. And, and, and when I looked up sycamore, there's a gazillion types of sycamore, and I thought, well, how do I know which one? So I typed in Middle Eastern sycamore tree, and there was a picture that said Israeli tr- sycamore tree. <laughs> so I clicked on that, and there it is. I'm going, wow, what a perfect tree. And I clicked on another. Wow, it's a better tree. These, these trees are awesome. Big branches sticking out. Just uh, And uh, Pastor John came in, and we looked, we talked about it. He said, that'd be a great treehouse tree. Oh, man. I wish I had one of those. Uh, but anyway, so he, he looks ahead. He sees this. He, oh, he's going to have to go by that sycamore tree. So he runs ahead. He climbs up that sycamore tree, scoots out on a branch for a ways because they have awesome big branches. And he scoots out on the branch for a while, and you can just see his feet little dangling over the road. right? And, and uh, he's, he's you know, hanging onto a branch here, and he's waiting for Jesus to come by. Right? So he ran on ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree in order to see him because he was about to pass through that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Now, what does that word hurry do to you? <laughs> You're a man in a tree in a robe, <laughs> and you have to come down fast. Is there a dignified way to do this? I don't think so. And I don't think at that particular moment Zacchaeus was interested in his dignity. So I think either he he did this thing in Tarzan and swung down, or he he went down, and I suspect his legs were scraped and maybe a little bloody by the time he got down there. Maybe his arms, you know, the inside of your arms, that that kind of thing. But he didn't care because he came down in a hurry. He, He climbs, he waits, he'll get a good look at Jesus. It happens. Because this little man... And the big crowd have a big Savior. And Jesus walks over and calls him by name. And the first thing you think is, he knows my name? I'm a tax collector. Even the people who know my name don't use it, at least not without spitting. Right? That's, that's what he, he's expecting. And Jesus walks over and, 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 and calls him by name. And he says, hey, by the way, I'm staying at your place today. Which, again, you, you have to read that right, because it might sound just a little bit presumptuous, right? Men come home say, oh, by the way, I'm bringing in some guests. They'll be here in an hour. They're hungry. <laughs> okay, ladies, popular thing for your husband to do? Husbands, why don't most of us do that? <laughs> because it's, it's not a good idea. It sounds just a little bit presumptuous, but... But you need to catch the message behind the message. Jesus is is saying, I want to spend time with you today. Zacchaeus, I want to spend time with you today. And if I, again, if I understand this right, the way it's all put together, he's going to spend probably the rest of the day with him and leave in the morning. 
for that eight-hour walk up to Jerusalem and get there in time to hop on a donkey and ride into town, see what's going on, head back up to, to Bethany to spend the night. If I understand it right, that's what's going on here. And so he went and spent the rest of the day with Zacchaeus, the sinful little man. And of course, we see Zacchaeus' repentance in that, but I don't want to focus on that because I'm focusing here on Jesus and not on Zacchaeus and his response to him. But, but we, we, we see the contrast between Jesus' response to Zacchaeus and the people's response. The people first tried to prevent, just like Bartimaeus, they tried to prevent him from seeing Jesus at all. I mean, I'm in the crowd, and I'm one of the people wanting to see the Jesus show, and Zacchaeus comes in, and I start playing Red Rover, you know? Link arms with somebody. You're not getting by me, buddy. No. You, you know what it's like? When, when you're just really tired of people cutting in front of you uh, in, in the line when you're getting out from the ball game or something, and you pull up almost bumper to bumper with the guy in front of you and you stay there because you're not letting anyone else in, right? That's Zacchaeus trying to get through to see Jesus, right? By the way, the rest of you, I, nobody's looking and saying, yeah, I do that. I'm the only bad guy here, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like sometimes I'll let the guys in, but sometimes, man, no, no more. I've had it. Uh, <laughs> and that's Zacchaeus. He's not getting in. They don't want to let him see Jesus. Then they grumble when Jesus spoke to him. What? Jesus is talking to him. They don't like it. And G Zacchaeus was not looking for an, ex an encounter with Christ. We don't see him saying he expected Jesus to talk to him. He expected... You know, when, years ago, years ago, remember, anybody remember when during Pioneer Days they used to do the sumo wrestling thing? And they'd put on the big sumo outfits and go out and bounce each other. Where's Allison? Is Allison... You, you did it? Allison, is Allison in here and I'm just not saying? She's in, ah, too bad. Because I didn't know Allison at the time. But, but she, that, anyway, I'll get, I'll get to that part of the story. But, but first is, is I, I, I caught on late to what was going on and I went there and the, it was just crowded. The place was packed. And I looked at those big trees that the park, I think these trees, this particular tree is gone now, I'm not sure. But I climbed up on that tree to see it. And I was watching the sumo stuff and it was great. I had the world's greatest view, and, and Luffalo Otis and Warwick had a mystery wrestler called Big Al. <laughs> you know, Allison. <laughs> I, think she weighs, I think she weighs 90. <laughs> and, and Big Al, and Big Al came out wearing this sumo thing. <laughs> Someone bounced into her, she went down, and, but she was the hero of the day. It was awesome. But I, at the same time, when I was up there, I, I, I noticed, because I thought, man, I have the best seat in the house. But it took, didn't take me long to realize people were looking at me like, like I was weird. <laughs> and I didn't like that, so I've never done it again. <laughs> it's like I, it's, Zacchaeus didn't expect anything but a good seat. Zacchaeus didn't expect anything but a, a good look at Jesus when he went by, right? Instead, he got so much more than he wanted. What do you think crossed his mind when Jesus stopped and looked at him? Because I'm thinking he expected anything but, let me say it, stay at your house today. Yeah, I th panic is a good word. I think he expected Jesus to say, you rotten little man, who do you think you are climbing that tree to see me? What makes you think I want to let... I mean, because he's Zacchaeus. He's a bad guy. Nobody likes him. And Jesus instead stops with mercy and looks up and says, Zacchaeus, come on down. And, and the story ends with the words, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And again, this story could have happened anywhere in the Gospel of Luke. This story, there's, there's no need for this story to be placed here right before Palm Sunday. 
Except it happened. I mean, chronologically, that's where it happened. But, but I think there's a lot more to it than that. And we are just seeing that Jesus will not stop caring for the individual. Jesus will not stop caring about us and wanting us and saving us. He will not, the, the biggest event that he's got going on, the crucifixion, his coming death, will not move his focus from the people he came to save, from the individuals. Today's message is, is a message of how much Jesus loves you personally. He doesn't save you as part of a crowd. He doesn't love you as a part of a, a flock. He loves you personally. He cares about you individually. These two, we look at two people who they were, they were both social outcasts, right? One because of a disability, the other because of his profession. And the people didn't have time for either one of them, but Jesus had time for both of them in the, under the most difficult of circumstances. He's headed for the cross. And we would cut, I would cut him some slack if he was distracted and, 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 and says, Zacchaeus, you trust in me, you can be saved, and, and just walks on by, right? He spent some time with Zacchaeus, he gave him what he needed, and he went on. But he didn't. He says, I'm staying at your house today. Those two men are why he came. You are why he came. He didn't, I mean, he, he, it's not true to say he didn't come for all of us, but he didn't come for all of us as a group. He came for each of us as an individual. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost, and praise God that nothing would sway him from that determination to do that for us. Just close real quickly. If you have not trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, recognize what he did so that you would. Recognize that, that he loves you personally and specifically. He died for your sins specifically. He wants you in heaven with him. Go to him and tell him. Make him your Savior. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for this message. And I thank you for the absolute, determined, steadfast love of Christ for us. I thank you for your love for me that would not stop. I praise you for dying for my sins. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.